From finance and commerce, this is Beyond the Skyline, a podcast about economic development, commercial real estate, and construction in Minnesota. Above all, it's a show about what's next, creativity, and the innovation and technology that are changing how we work and shaping the future of business throughout our state. In each episode, you will meet business leaders, builders, entrepreneurs, and big thinkers who may challenge the status quo, but also make their dreams a reality. I'm Joel Shetler, your host and editor of Finance and Commerce, Minnesota's oldest business newspaper and online publication. Thanks so much for joining me. I would also like to thank our podcast sponsor, Guarantee Commercial Title. Guarantee offers a new platform for the delivery of services based on the expertise and ingenuity of a visionary team of title professionals that identifies obstacles and creates solutions that result in a successful sale, construction, or financing of commercial real estate. To learn more, visit GuaranteeTitle.net. Eric Anthony Johnson is a native of New Orleans and has worked and studied throughout the country. But the new president of Minneapolis-based affordable housing developer Aon is no stranger to Minnesota. Johnson, who starts his job as president and CEO of Aon on February 8th, earned a Master of Public Administration degree from Minnesota State University Mankato in 1996 and later embarked on a career path that included a stop in Bloomington. As Bloomington's Director of Community Development from 2018 to 2020, Johnson oversaw the creation of the city's inclusionary housing policy and a $15 million affordable housing trust fund. The fund helped Aon acquire and preserve 306 affordable homes. In his most recent job as Chief of Economic Development, Housing, and Neighborhood Services for the City of Dallas, Johnson led efforts to create a $100 million affordable housing fund. An alumnus of the Harvard University Advanced Management Development Program in Real Estate, Johnson earned an MBA from the University of Tennessee and a PhD in Urban Affairs and Public Policy from the University of Delaware. Johnson succeeds Alan Arthur, who started his run as president and CEO in 1988, two years after Aon's founding. The nonprofit developer, owner, and manager of affordable housing now serves more than 16,000 people each year at 5,800 homes. In the following interview, Johnson talks about his career path, his new role with Aon, and the big picture challenges and opportunities related to the construction of affordable housing in Minnesota. All right. Well, I'm pleased to be joined by Dr. Eric Anthony Johnson. He is the new president and CEO of Aon, and you'll be starting that position uh, February 8th. Is that right? Yeah, that is correct. Well, thank you for joining us, Eric. Really appreciate it. Yep, thank you very much. So, um, I wonder if you could tell us a little bit about your uh, tell us a little bit about yourself and your background. It looks like you have an extensive background in real estate, urban affairs, economic development. Um, tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, actually, my background is uh, pretty diverse. Um, actually, I started out as a community organizer, organizing uh, neighborhoods to tackle problems around affordable housing, economic development. So my career trajectory has been sort of a combination of, to your point, real estate, policy, community development, um, capital. Um, it's a very broad background. And to be honest with you, I really developed it that way because I know to really take on the challenges that we face today, you just have to have this comprehensive skill set. So from my PhD, I recently finished my MBA at the University of Tennessee. 
my real estate work at Harvard, my master's um, at Minnesota State Mankato. So uh, it's a pretty broad background. And I was recently a uh, LISC Ruben Jafello, which is a local initiative support corporation, one of the biggest supporters of community economic development. Oh, sure. Yeah, I'm very familiar with uh, LISC and Peter McLaughlin and the good work they do there. Um, so uh, yeah, that's that's really cool. Yep. What, um, so what, what was your most recent position? Yeah, <clears throat> recent position um, until January 28th, uh, Chief of Economic Development, Housing, Neighborhood Services, Construction, and Real Estate Development for the city of Dallas, mm -hmm. which is really the uh, ninth largest city. I had about uh, close to 500 employees, uh, massive budget. Um, worked on issues related to affordable housing, new economic development policy. Recently, about roughly three weeks ago, just raised $100 million, actually working with LISC uh, in a group in Dallas called the uh, Real Estate Council to establish a fund to generate $100 million to start to uh, support affordable housing. Okay. And um, what, uh, so what, uh, what did you like about this opportunity with Aon? I mean, they've been around a long time and developed just tons of affordable housing. Um, what uh, prompted this decision to, uh, to get on board here? Well, uh, first of all, I was familiar with Aon, having worked uh, in Bloomington mm -hmm. and actually doing some work side by side with Aon. So I was familiar with the mission of Aon, but more in particular, one thing that really has stood, stood out about me, stood out to me about Aon is really, they have no issue with taking on tough challenges. A lot of people shy away and say, oh, this complex is too hard to deal with. Oh, we don't want to face this. So what really stuck out to me was the history, the legacy, the work uh, supported and led by Alan all of these years, 33 years plus, and mm -hmm. having an opportunity to build for the next chapter. That is what really got me excited, you know, uh, looking at the stakeholders in the Twin Cities, looking at the staff, looking at the board, it all made sense to me. More importantly, it is aligned with my purpose, you know, for me, and I said, through this process, I only want to do purpose driven work. If I'm going to put all of my energy and effort behind something, this will be what I intend to put my efforts and energy behind. So it all really made sense to me. Mm hmm. Well, and, and it sounds like you certainly have a, a passion for affordable housing. Um, there's been a need, obviously, for more affordable housing for a long time. It seems like that need is perhaps greater now than ever with the cost of new construction and everything else going on. Uh, can you speak to that a little bit? And Yeah, no, you're absolutely right. Um, I would probably even argue and say we don't have a housing problem, we have an income problem because income is not keeping pace with the cost of housing. Mm -hmm. And more importantly, the two running side by side with the cost of housing, incomes, and this narrative around affordable housing makes it a very tough uh, animal to really take on. So, um, that is the challenge that Aon and others that's doing this work are basically facing. So, but what's the old saying? With challenges comes opportunities. And I think it's a great opportunity to really take this on. Um, mm -hmm. So that's really what we're going to be facing um, going forward. What are some of the tools you'd like to see to help uh, advance the goals of more affordable housing? Um, just, does it come down to more funding, creative financing tools? Uh, yeah, you know, given, let me say it this way. 
we have to think about different strategies. I've written multiple pieces on why the current uh, processes and approaches are just not gonna get it done. We can continue to do that, but we also need to continuously come up with creative ways to attack this issue. So I think the answer is gonna be finding a place of, I'm gonna call it a place of disruption, which is really new, innovative, creative ideas. Because I do believe in having experience around the country with this, I think funders, I think governments are looking for creative ideas. I don't think they're looking for the same thing over and over. And the good example was basically the $100 million fund we put together here in Dallas. You know, And I can also say the same thing in Bloomington uh, because it was all creative ideas and it was done in a very fast period of time. So I think the answer is gonna be in a space of creativity and finding new ways because I think you hit it on point. Capital, uh, equity returns, at levels that does not make the numbers work, does not work in this space. So it's always a constant challenge trying to figure out how you're gonna to mesh together these series of sources to try and make a deal work. So that says to me, um, how do we work with our stakeholders and everyone else to come up with some creative ideas and test the boundaries of what we can do? And that's what I think it's gonna be. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. You mentioned uh, your work in Dallas. Can you talk about any particular uh, projects there that um, you were able to move forward or um, anything in particular that stands out from your experience there? You know what? No, I would say it wouldn't necessarily stand out. Uh, what has stood out is how quickly we're able to start to build new tools, mm. moving past the traditional, the traditional is HUD, CDBG home, moving past tax credits, the same thing. So we're able to rewrite our tools to create more tools that would support affordable housing, creating the new fund, and also creating what's called a public facilities corporation sort of concept that allows for, you know, 80%, 100% of all taxes to be uh, forgiven on affordable housing projects in perpetuity that in alignment with some of the tools and resources, we're able to do some pretty good work in a very short period of time. So I think it's gonna come down to that type of thinking as well, as we look at strategies to, to move the ball forward. And what, do you have any particular goals for Aon? Just, uh, I know you're stepping into some big shoes there. Alan Arthur was around for what, more than 30 years, like you mentioned. Um, but, you know, uh, may, maybe it's time for uh, fresh ideas, too. So um, any thoughts on where you'd like to see um, the organization go? Yeah, I think, first of all, I think the team is a solid team. I think that um, uh, we're going to be looking at what the future holds in terms of the strategies. But one thing I do want to zero in on is, um, well, it's two things. One, identification of a capital source that will be cheap enough to allow Aon to do its work and not have to rely so heavily on just a governmental focus. Mm. That's number one. Number two is the issue of preservation. We're gonna to have to really ramp up preserving what's already there um, because if you're losing, you're not gonna be gaining, right? So those two things, I think it's gonna be important. And the first one is gonna be important because it, it will give Aon its space to breathe as it is starting to, you know, work through different strategies going forward. 
Yeah, preserving that uh, natural occurring affordable housing, that's a big deal. I think that's going to be a, a big, uh, continue to be, be a, a big focus going forward, right? Sorry, I lost you there for a couple seconds. Yeah, that's okay. Now, we were just uh, talking a little bit about naturally occurring affordable housing, the NOAA housing. Um, so it sounds like you're uh, in the group that says that's going to be a big focus going forward, right? Yeah, you know what the challenge there is too? Because um, an organization by the name of CoStar classified these properties as investment grade properties. Mm -hmm. That says to investors, it's easier to acquire a property that's a little bit older and put a little money into it and raise the rents versus new construction, right? So you got this, this sort of dual fight going on there trying to get them, get access to those properties before those investors do. Because investors will turn around and say, oh my goodness, oh wow, I can I can acquire this, I'm making it up 500 unit complex built in the 1970s. Oh, I can throw some quick paint on it. Oh, I can raise the rent. You see that right there? That's, that is a big challenge. Because right. you really fo follow the ingress investment grade properties, these NOAA properties are actually in that category. Mm. You know what I mean? So yeah. you got you got several things going on. Investors coming in, doing clean and scrape, rebuilding or changing the use, and then or you have investors coming in and say, "Oh, that's a Class C property. You know, I can do a little paint here, put some cabinets in the kitchen or whatever, right? And raise the rents, and the people are off. You know, mm -hmm. so mm -hmm. that's going to be the challenge. And how do you do this with with not just speed, but partnerships and getting others to join along at the same time? And I would also say this is important for the region from an economic perspective. You know, uh, if you ever hear me talk about this, you know, the more people spend on housing costs, the less they can spend on the economy. Mm -hmm. And if you do the sort of analysis on what's lost there, the numbers would be staggering. But we don't really talk about it like that. So we're going to talk a lot more about that economic connection there and what it means for a competitive region, a competitive city. Yeah, absolutely. And you think about even things like uh, student loan debt. And I, I think uh, Alan Arthur has talked about this before, too. If you're paying uh, 500 a, a month to the bank, that's less uh, that much less that you can afford to spend on your home. So nope, that's absolutely right. Yeah. Well, what's, uh, what's crazy about all of this, you know, I was a, I was a presidential fellow as well out of uh, Minnesota State Mankato. So I went straight from Mankato to uh, Washington, D.C., and what I know that happens is these sort of peaks and valleys when it comes to resources. And one thing we can't get caught in is thinking that the federal government in the sort of latest round of dollars that's out there, that's going to be a blip on the screen. That's going to last for a very small moment in time. The question is going to be what mechanisms do we have in place for the long term that's going to be different and not have to rely on that. If, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Well, um, what uh, what else what else would you care to talk about? It looked like you had some uh, experience with the uh, city of Bloomington, uh, led the creation of the city's opportunity housing ordinance, which I know is a big deal there. Um, what what can you tell me about that? That you know what that was a great experience, and it's funny I still talk to uh, people in Bloomington. 
that was a great experience because it is the only ordinance in the, it's the only city with an ordinance where it's mandatory. But the way we did it is that we created an ordinance that was not gonna be prohibitive to development. So in other words, it actually helped development, quite honestly, because if you look at the projects that started taking off right after the ordinance, it was pretty successful. But what was really important there, um, at the time, Mayor Jean Winstead and the council, we did a lot of education. And I think Aon is going to do the same thing. We went from um, a city saying, you know what, we have enough affordable housing to a council saying, wait a minute, we need more affordable housing because we really took the time to explain to them what the need was. And we went from saying we don't need any to we need more 30% because they really understood what the issue was. And that's how we were able to create the ordinance and also turn around, create a trust fund and turn around in less than 45 days, provide 7 million or so to Aon to preserve um, a complex. If that work had not been done, there was no way that could have happened. So that work in Bloomington, I think will be a model that Aon can take to other communities and educate elected officials and everyone that it's not what you think it is. When we showed them behind the curtain what the occupations were and what people were making, it was like, oh my goodness, I had no idea. I thought affordable housing was these rundown projects that we see in Chicago or whatever, right? And it really changed the narrative. That lesson there, I think is powerful um, to take to other communities that clearly need affordable housing and start to clear the way to do more projects, quite honestly. Yeah, and you think about Bloomington there and you think about the Mall of America and people working in retail there and, you know, they need places to live that they can afford and, you know, you want them to be able to live in the city. And um, so it's, it, it really- Well, uh, and let me, let me give you a great one. Bloomington has more, more hotels combined than Minneapolis and St. Paul together. Hmm. And when we showed them that the, base of the employment base in Bloomington was heavily in our hospitality industry mm -hmm. and the restaurants and everything. They were like, oh my God, we had no idea. That's how we really made the difference to get the ordinance through. Besides, we worked with uh, pretty much all of the major developers, uh, going to them, asking the questions. So, you know, about, hey, what do you think? What are the reasons that are preventing you from actually creating affordable housing. We adjusted for those issues inside the ordinance, right? Mm -hmm. We went to Aon, to Common Bond, to PPL. We had conversations with everybody, to the community, and took all of that together and created the document. And that's how it became uh, so successful. That same thinking we'll do here in Aon as we start to, to not just work in Minneapolis, St. Paul, because I think the opportunities are really deep in the suburbs, quite honestly. Mm -hmm. um, that exists, the question is gonna be, how do you crack those environments and start to put up more housing? Yeah, absolutely. Well, it sounds like you have a lot of great ideas and bringing a lot of energy to the organization. So um, congrats on the new job. I know you it start, like we said, you start in February. What are you doing between now and then? And are you just kind of um, getting to know some of the folks and um, getting, getting your, uh, dipping your toes in the water, so to speak? Yeah, what I'm doing is I have a philosophy. The job starts before you walk in the door. Mm -hmm. So I'm doing a lot of um, a lot of reading, a lot of research. Uh, I will actually be in the Twin Cities next week, spending some time uh, with the board and the executive team um, before I get there. So I'm sort of balancing, closing things out in Dallas. 
uh, because when the announcement came in Dallas, it was, I had two things going on. Uh, great excitement in the Twin Cities here in Dallas. My goodness, don't leave, please stay. So, you know, uh, closing out things here and getting ready uh, to head to the Twin Cities, shopping for housing. And I think you know this, unless you are moving fast to purchase one of these homes, they're just flying off very quickly. Oh, yeah. Um, so we're going through that experience right now, trying to identify a house, um, you know, get our son in school and everything. So that's what we're focusing on right now. Okay. Okay. So you're getting, uh, you have a family, kids in school and things like that or? Yeah. Yeah. My son is uh, 10. Uh, he's in the fourth grade. My wife, um, we are planning on making the move. We've uh, actually already sold our home here. We're oh, okay. set for closing mm-hmm. and we should be there probably the weekend of the 28th or something like that of January, well, this month. Okay. So um, it's easy for us too, because we're in Bloomington. We could easily go back to school where my son was at um, to make it very simple for him. He still has his friends in school. So it should should be a pretty good transition. That's great. Well, well, congrats again on the new job, uh, Eric. Really appreciate your time. Um, Hopefully we can stay in touch and uh, I'm sure there'll be a lot of projects to talk about going forward and and issues. Absolutely. So, well, with a with a name like Brian Johnson, I'll be calling you. <laughs> Sounds good. Hey, you know we we Johnsons have to stick together. <laughs> Absolutely. All right, I appreciate it, and uh, look forward to talking to you again. Thank you, sir. Take care. Thank you. Thank you for listening, and please subscribe to Beyond the Skyline. We can be found wherever you listen to your podcasts. To learn more about finance and commerce, or to subscribe, go to our website www.finance-commerce.com. I'm Joel Shetler, Editor of Finance and Commerce. Thank you again for listening to Beyond the Skyline.